you want to be? You're five. Like, what do you want to be? In HR. You think a five-year-old <laughs> want to work in human resources? <laughs> I was talking to my friend about that. Where My friend was telling me that he's now in HR. And he's like, I really like it. I could see this being my job. And I was like, all them damn career tests we took, ain't none of them were like, you should be an HR representative. No. <laughs> you know? Like, that's so specific. That's funny. Welcome to Seeking Hughes. I'm Insok Machanda. And I'm Taylor Nichols. Hey, so we're going to be talking about, what are we talking about today? Hustle culture. Hustle culture and side hustles. So Mm -hmm. I personally don't know anybody that doesn't have multiple jobs. Like nobody that I know of only has one job, actually. Isn't that sad, though? Yeah, it's sad. It's unfortunate. And, I mean, I guess that begs the question, like, why is that the case? Niggas I mean, poor. No. <laughs> She's expensive. Niggas poor. Like. <laughs> I know for me, I have multiple little gigs. And I've always had multiple jobs. So, even before, like, the economy and all this other stuff, like, I like to be comfortable financially. So, if I can, like, find things that's not going to make me look crazy or make me crazy that side support my main income, I've always been like that. Yeah. Love that for you. Yeah. I have, well, I can't even really say how many jobs I have. I don't want to red flag anything. (laughs) (laughs) She not working. That girl not working. (laughs) I work here at UVA. I work at a gym. I do remote work, summer work for a a clean energy company. And then I also do some remote teaching. Mm -hmm. So all those things cobbled together. Life is okay, but like, if I had to do it with one job, I think I could, but I think it would be very, very tight. I hate that there are so many people who work multiple jobs, yeah. myself included. Yeah. It's like, why isn't one just enough? Remember back in the day, people were really pressing for, and some people still are, because they haven't gotten it yet, the livable wage, mm-hmm. you know, raising that. I was talking to my cousin, who's graduating from a college in Georgia, public university, and she works, and she's, like, telling me her salary. And I'm like, oh, so not even salary, her rate per hour. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's $10. And I was like, girl, what, what is you That's doing? That's not even, like, yeah. It's like, you need to go, because you're getting ready to graduate, you need to go and ask for the raise you mm-hmm. need. And I looked at it, and in Georgia, the minimum wage is like still $7 and some change. Mm-hmm. It's like seven fifty. Who is living on that? Like, who's making that work? Who's feeding their kids on that? Who's doing that? Who's paying back student loans if they have them? Not me. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it kind of creates this kind of hustle culture. Well, side hustle culture, I would say, like this idea that, you know, you have to have multiple jobs. I think that just becomes a part of like how people make it, how they mm-hmm. survive. Yeah. We also praise people who work a lot. Though. Mm-hmm. That's like, the I think, hustle culture part. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, well, if you have time, you might as well. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, if, if even if you don't have time, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Right. You need to have a second source of income especially if you're a single person Mm -hmm. right like i thought about marriage plenty of time because the price of salmon going up hey i can't (laughs) afford this by myself you know (laughs) the reason why we're talking about this today is because you've worked at uva for almost 10 years now i've been here for two and a half and i find it so intriguing seeing how competitive our students are like, I remember when I first got here, like, I had, like, some of my, like, students being like, oh, like, well, I need to get this internship because so-and-so, I just saw on their LinkedIn page that they got an internship, so I need two internships mm-hmm. to, like, show them up. I'm like, well, why do you care? But mm-hmm. this is the work hard, play hard school for yes. a reason, and that can't be further from the student that I was <laughs> in school. Yeah, I remember you told me, yeah. Lazy yeah. McGee. I think we do subconsciously kind of perpetuate it, mm-hmm. and we don't mean 
to. I think in Charlottesville in general, I think it's a very competitive place. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of nonprofits here, the hospitals here, universities, or mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that's going on, people to kind of get plugged into places. Even the high schools. I mm-hmm. think the high schools kind of have an issue with it because recently they're mm-hmm. getting ready to limit the number of AP classes that they can take. Rightfully so, because these kids are taking like five AP classes, yeah. thinking it's going to put them that much ahead mm-hmm. of the next person. They get to college, they're stressed out, mm-hmm. and they, they're like burned out, and they just got there. Literally, you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's an issue there around, like, feeling like, you know, we've got to kind of stay ahead of the game. And this, mm-hmm. in some ways, is tied a little bit to our last episode where we were talking specifically about black women, feeling like we had to do more and take on more. But I think this is a broader conversation around why are we feeling like we have to take on so much stuff just to move the needle for ourselves? And I think it's a conversation we're having. Yeah, I mean, it's like that saying of, do you live to work or work to live? Seems like we're all living to work right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta keep these eyes peeled open. Let me go to work. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like we've just got a lot of work to do around people feeling like they themselves are prioritized and not the work that they do is ever prioritized. Mm -hmm. And I would also say there's a part of our culture that makes us feel like if the busier we are, the more valuable we are. Yeah. You never see that? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it's like people will come into a meeting and like, oh, hey. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> I don't even have time to breathe. I know, right? And there's this, like, badge of honor. And I... I mean, I can't be a hypocrite. I do it sometimes, too, but I'm really just lamenting at the things I have to do. But I think somewhere it gets communicated, like, oh, my God, she's so busy. You mm-hmm. know, in some ways that worked out for me, though, when I first moved to UVA. <laughs> like, some people leave me the <laughs> hell alone. Is that I had, I had literally had 2.5 jobs here mm-hmm. in this job because it was so many things that were thrown on my plate when I got hired. And it became a thing where people in the women's center were like, oh, my gosh, John, I know you don't have time for this. I know you're busy. I know you're super busy. I know you're busy. I know you're busy. And I was like, hey, let's let me be not so busy. Who said that? Yeah. yeah. Let me just stop being so busy. And I really advocated for my plate to be really clear. But I would come into meetings and I would just be like, oh my gosh, I got a meeting at, at, at this time and I've got this at that mm-hmm. time and you know, I've got to run over to see this person and I've got to fill this form. And then that just became a part of my commentary and I think it just doesn't have to be that way. You yeah. know? And people think, oh, she's really working hard. Mm-hmm. Look at her. But then also it's like have so many meetings though. You're in your current meeting thinking about the future meetings you have so how efficient are you, mm-hmm. you know? Somewhere in some weird space in people's brains that's applauded. We were talking in our last episode about Rest is Resistance and how that is a book out now called Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hershey. And it's really the critique of capitalism. Like capitalism makes us feel like we have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And having all these jobs, some of it is real because we have bills to pay, but some of it is more so the value that we place on material things. I'm not talking about eating and clothing ourselves, but like the value we place on a comfortable life comes with capitalism. Like everybody wants to have the next best thing. This new stand. Um, cup. <laughs> but some people are really just trying to survive. Let me just make yeah. that really clear. Yeah, like, yeah. they need the jobs. But not everybody does. Like, I don't know if I need all those jobs mm-hmm. and I want them because I want to live comfortably. But if we were to stop and say, here's where this is coming from and really critique and really question and deconstruct this idea. I think it came from the Protestant ethic, right? The more work we do and the more the better we are that work, the closer we are to God. Now, that wasn't everybody, but that's a lot of how this came yeah, like, out. You're going to meet him sooner if you work too hard yourself, honestly. <laughs> you sure will. <laughs> you absolutely will. And I will say this, though. One of the jobs that I have, I love it. And it is the opposite of work. My work at the gym is 
so rewarding. It doesn't feel like work. And I mm-hmm. use it to get out of the UVA bubble. Mm-hmm. And are there UVA people that go there? Eh, maybe one or two that I get to see. But everybody in the gym, the demographics are so funny. They're like 70, 80, 90. There's like a 100-year-old woman that goes there. Damn. And they come to the gym relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like like a religion. Mm-hmm. And it's so motivating for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, y'all come to the gym. And I'm a, I'm a manager on duty there on the weekends when I come to the gym and I see them there it motivates me to say mm-hmm. hey just keep going yeah. just and keep you love going. health and fitness and stuff like that so that's that like stuff. a perfect you know it works hustle but for you yeah a lot of folks doing a lot of things that they don't want to do because they need to survive or shit me to, yeah <laughs> getting robbed on my day off oh my gosh Taylor yikes <laughs> you know how bad I wanted to be like I don't even need this job it's like I do need this job because when Joe Biden listen I was at home chilling heard a knock at the door goes to the door I looked at the people can't see nothing I open the door it's Joe Biden at my front door begging Taylor I know like you haven't paid student loans in so long I really need this money I'm saying like Joe you look so desperate <laughs> so now because I feel bad I'm paying Joe back my student loans you know mm-hmm. he looked somebody was searching his back he really needed this money. So it's like when I decided to get this part-time job, it was because I just don't have it in me to pay. Like, I haven't paid student loans in so long. I was banking on some, you know, assistance, relief. relief. and come yet. Godspeed. But it though. Godspeed. But it was like, I need to figure something out. Like, I, I need to, one, pay back my student loans, but also price of housing is not going down for me you know like one paycheck goes entirely to rent Mm -hmm. and then some of my other paycheck goes to it too (laughs) you know (laughs) so it's like and that's why you know i ended up getting this part-time job which i don't hate i just hate that i have to work a second job Uh, but i remember when i told my mom i was getting a a part-time job she's like why are you doing that mm -hmm. and i was like because i I mean as parents you don't want your kids to struggle you don't so open them pockets i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) kidding. i don't like asking my mom for money it's like not my thing Mm -hmm. I want to be independent and self-sufficient, but I'm like, I go on this rant at least once every three to five business days about how, you know, like when you're really, really young, so much of your identity is about what are you going to be when you grow up? When I was talking to a friend recently about, I don't know if this was a thing when you were in school, did you have to take career tests often? Mm-mm. I swear every single year from the time that I turned 11, all through middle school, high school, even when I was in college, we had to take these career aptitude tests. These tests will tell you what field you should be in. Get it like once. This shows you like what track you should be on. That's when there's really hardcore tracks. Vocational track or the college prep track. Yeah, yeah. And every time I take the test, I get something different because (laughs) I'm a Gemini. My interests change every other hour. (laughs) But like there's such a focus and there's this anxiety of you need to know what you want to do when you grow up. And then you think, oh, I want to be this when I grow up. And then you're going to be that for the rest of your life. That's not really how jobs work, really. What do you want to be? You're five. Like, what do you want to be? In HR. You think? five-year-old want to work in human resources i was talking to my friend about that where my friend was telling me that he's now in hr and he's like i really like it i could see this being my job and i was like all them damn career tests we took ain't none of them were like you should be an hr representative no. <laughs> you know like that's so specific that's funny because the fact that people change jobs so yeah. often now back in the day my parents mm-hmm. my parents were close to 80 80 now mm-hmm. you know that was back in the time where people would stay at a job for 40 years yeah and it was because expected. they could yeah because yeah. they were expected to stay for 40 years yeah now i look at people's resumes for a living so now i see people are at a job for a year and a half and mm-hmm. then they're at a job for six months. Mm-hmm. And then they did an internship for six months. Mm-hmm. And then they went to another job for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was riddled with all mm-hmm. this bopping around. Yeah. And part of me wants to be like, yo, 
slow down. Like industries change, like jobs change, leadership and I think change. Today, leadership yeah. changes, opportunities come up, and so the job force looks different now. And I think that also plays into this idea of side hustles. You can have multiple jobs, mm-hmm. especially since COVID. The flexibility that some of these jobs provide. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to say 5 p.m. to 9 o'clock, and I'm not doing anything. I mm-hmm. can pick up a remote job, or yeah. I can go sit in a store for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I remember with fast food, a lot of high school students had fast food jobs. Yeah. You notice now, they're full-on adults working at McDonald's. Running that shit like the Navy. Yes. Back in the day, be like, okay, you're in here from 3 to 10 after school. Now people have children. They have mm-hmm. to be off at a certain time and come back. It's yeah. just a different market. Yeah. And what I was thinking about, those career aptitude tests that I took so many times. I know one person, this girl I grew up with, swear she was born, was like, I want to work with animals. Now mm-hmm. she's getting her PhD in animal science. Oh, you know, at least she's yeah. consistent. But we took these tests, told us what career we needed to be in. And it's like, okay, well, you're going to go to college and you're going to get a degree. And that degree is going to open so many opportunities for you and you're going to make so much money. So I'm like, hell yeah. I sign up. I do it. I get out. I'm like, I can't even afford to eat. Hold on. (laughs) And they're like, well, if you want more money, you're going to get a master's degree and you're going to get even more money and you're going to be so successful because you did everything right. And I'm sitting here 28 years old like, damn it. I was it's lied to. I was lied to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can prepare kids. I never wear anywhere anybody asked me have ever said I want to be a sociologist. And nowhere ever did I say that I wanted to teach college. I never said that. Yeah, me either. I never said that. I, I just, never said I wanted to run an internship. None of it. I no. never said any of it. But here I am. what's more helpful or hurtful to have young children understand what the real expectation is going to be. I was going to say, sometimes we might not even know what it is going to be. We may not know, but this is how it is right now. Stop asking kids what they want to do. What range of things are you interested in? Stop making them feel like they have to do this one thing. I think we should be telling kids, hey, you can do anything you want as long as you're happy and then you can move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Historically, college wasn't for everybody. It was really only for people who could afford it and wanted to go. And then it turned into, well, you need to go to college. And now it's like, well, I don't really really know what to do. But it's funny having a conversation about what you were talking about, how people could stay in jobs for so long. Where I remember having conversations with people, and they usually were targeting these assaults onto millennials, mm-hmm. being like, "Well, millennials aren't loyal to jobs anymore." And yeah, it's like, I've heard "How that. many jobs are loyal to us?" Oh, oh, a word. Y'all love the women-centered down. Love mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> y'all will probably post my job before you post my obituary anywhere. Yeah. You know, respectfully. <laughs> I don't know if you all, yeah, y'all are gonna. Just us, nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, let's write a blog post about how much we loved our beloved Taylor." Be like, "Shit, who's gonna do her job?" <laughs> I'd be like, well, who's going? Because we're not people of value. We are machines. We We feel a cog for sure. But I think part of the hustle culture is you take pride in working hard and not taking breaks. Unless the break is what they say, quote unquote, playing which is work hard, play hard. You oh, know what they mean by mm-hmm, playing. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that about millennials, and I did hear that. Are you right? a millennial? Mm, no. Why would you say it like that? No, Why'd you say like that? Why'd you say it like that? I am a zennial. So. Is that Gen X? Mm-hmm. I thought zennials were for Gen Z and millennials. Yeah. Zillennials. So the zennials are the ones who, we remember a digital time, like, and we also remember like an analog time. <laughs> analog and digital. Right? Like, we remember the dinosaurs and the asteroid. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a story. It's a short one. Oh, no. That also kind of proves the point. It's a one-person example, but there are some millennials 
that have done that thing and it's like wait a minute where are you going you just got here so I have a friend she's young and she has been at numerous jobs I've known her maybe four years and I think she's had six jobs <laughs> and I remember being like, hey, girl, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, can you be a reference for me? Like, I'm switching jobs. I'm like, bet. I understand mm-hmm. you ain't happy. Move on. Mm-hmm. Then it was a year and a half, maybe. And it was, girl, I'm moving up again. And I don't even think she was moving up. It was just she was moving. Like, she said, I'm leaving this department. I'm going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wait a minute. And then it finally was just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But that's my stuff. I think she was perfectly in line with mm-hmm. what happens with her generation. There are just some jobs that aren't sustainable for long. And I think a lot of them are corporate jobs. Yeah, I would never go into corporate. I've, I toy with that idea often because money. I think also sometimes some generations forget that a lot of millennials are early 40s now. Yes, they are. They are. 30. I'm technically a millennial. Yes. Barely. I'm holding on. But I don't know if it changes. Though. I mean, again, I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but you're right. So her being in her, I don't know. She's young to me. I'm almost 50, so <laughs> to me, she's young. Mm-hmm. But you're to right. To me, you're young. Thank you. I don't think I'm old either. I yeah. just feel like I'm just older than some people. That's all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm not old. I'm just older than some people. Numerically. I'm older I'm than older. a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if it continues as your generation gets older. Do some of those characteristics like continue? Maybe. You know? I mean, I look at Gen Z a little different, even though I am Gen Z passing just because mm-hmm. of how I'm 28 and I was born in 95. Sometimes we're out here students about not their work ethic necessarily, but work attitudes. And I feel myself like, oh my God, this is my boomer moment. <laughs> I read something one time about a Gen Zer saying that expecting people to be on time was racist. What? I was like, well, okay. Let they, me see the car facts. No, they're not talking about color people time. They're saying expecting people to be on time is a tenet of white supremacy. I could see the argument of urgency being a tenet of white supremacy, mm-hmm. but me asking you to respect my time and show up to a thing that you promised you were going to or you said you were is not me being racist. Interesting, though, because I think there's a... Like, culturally, there's some differences there. I don't know. Because I think about my time in Zambia, in the Caribbean. Nothing happens when it's supposed to happen. Have you been to an African wedding? No. Never starts on time. Right. Okay, hours later, Mm -hmm. it's starting. But also, think about a blurch. A blurch? Black church. How often do they start on time? (laughs) How how often do they start on time? I've never heard blurch. But so I'm saying, I think that might I've been looking for the ushers, like... (laughs) 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 Come on. Something touching my back. There will be I, light refreshments served after I'm the you, service, and I can smell them. I'm hungry. Um, I I do feel like maybe there's something to that. I think it's a jump in the way it was said, but it does not respect others' cultures' appreciation or not appreciating the time. That's all. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like there are moments to me where I'm really big on being on time. I have really bad time anxiety. It is different if I have a meeting set with somebody and something comes up and you're like, hey, I'm going to be five minutes late. That's just respectful to me. Be like, hey, I'm running a little late. You communicate that. That's fine. They ate one of my friends up on Twitter. She basically said the same thing. I expect you to be on time. But my thing is, hear me out. This is not really work related. If I have a friend who tells me they are going to meet me somewhere at 7 p.m., mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the age of digital age, I got people's locations. Mm-hmm. I, the time comes and I see you're still at home. Mm. Text you, hey, you still coming? Yeah, 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 I'm just moving slow. 
<laughs> I get so annoyed. I am the same way, actually. I like people to be on time. My daughter is the same. She gets that from me. Mm-hmm. Wants to be on time. Wants to be early. That could be mm-hmm. my time in the military. It could be brand the farm. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I do appreciate being on time, getting there on time. I do. When people are late, it does aggravate me to no end. Mm-hmm. With no excuse, <laughs> though. Yeah. If I'm running behind, mm-hmm. <laughs> I expect someone to be like, okay, and I will call and say, hey, yes. look, I'm, yeah. I'm that is what things come up. But That's normal. <laughs> That's life. Yeah. I think it's just efficiency. If we start on time, we can we can end early. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't mind that. We can yeah. end early. But yeah. I think that that's capitalism a little bit too, though. The sense, sense of, of like productivity yes. and all that. So. But I also think it's a sign of respect because I think to some degree we need to respect other people's time. Right? Yes, like, I do. If I you do. commit to something... Mm-hmm. And you're wasting my time. I just lost things that I could have been doing. I could have had an yeah. extra chicken wing. You could have. And they say time is money. I don't yeah. really like that. But no, I don't like it either. Money. I get it. Things um, come up. That's completely different. But if you are late with no excuse, it makes me feel like I'm not a priority to someone. Yeah. yeah. And I will say this, just to bring it full circle, because we have multiple jobs, if you're late on one and you make me late for my next thing, which is my money, my job, we're going to have a problem. Where are we on this? Multiple jobs, capitalism, side hustles, you can like we have to be busy, stay busy, all that's in the same vein. And I think we couple these together because they're overlapping conversations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was gonna say, what is your hustle culture bookmark? What is something you take away from this conversation on hustle culture? My bookmark is kind of convoluted because it has to do with what I'm passing down. I personally am torn between working this hard and showing this particular work ethic and making an end meet and doing all the stuff and letting that be a good thing mm-hmm. versus me not passing that down because I want my children to feel like this is the life that they have to do. I want them to work hard. I want them to value the work and do good things, but I don't want them to overwork themselves if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my bookmark is really going forward, trying to figure out how to communicate to them what's healthy, Right. Not necessarily what I'm doing is healthy because mm-hmm. it's multiple jobs and it's more time and it's evenings and it's all this other stuff. But I think that's my bookmark right now and it's a pretty selfish one. It's just more so about what kind of conversation will I be having with them and what am I unintentionally teaching them mm-hmm. by what I do. I think mine is just advocating for yourself. I think they always say, don't bite the hand that feeds you, mm-hmm. but sometimes you need to ask that hand for help. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people are so set in their comfort right they're like okay like I know what's going on in my life because it's comfortable for me but they might not see how other people are struggling until they hear about it Mm -hmm. and so I think for me it's advocating for myself like hey I I need my wages to reflect the economy housing the cost of living prices I think just to have more conversations it shouldn't be normal that we have to work a bunch of jobs just to survive mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I understand doing it, obviously, if you want to live a more comfortable lifestyle, the lifestyle that you want, but th- it sh- shouldn't be a necessity that you have to work multiple jobs. And I think about how hard my life would be if I had children. And I mean, I have a daughter now, my new kitty. Yes. Um, <laughs> who's very excited when I come home. But I think being a single person, I have to rely on myself. I can't really rely on other people. And I think sometimes the help is, well, why don't you just get a roommate? I'm like, I'm 28. I don't want to have to have a roommate. I think we're trying to give out fast solutions and not institutional ones. Mm-hmm. This is a systematic problem mm-hmm. of income inequality that we live in. 
Ansel Pachanda. And I'm Taylor Nichols. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking in Hughes. And we will be back soon.